Hey, welcome once again. This is uh, John St. Germain, Crystal Silence League Hour. We had a little trouble getting on tonight. Blog Talk Roulette, we call it. But we're here. We're on the air. We're going to talk about sex. We're going to talk about transformation. We're going to talk about selenite. Hey, come back in just a little bit. In fact, a few seconds. I have coffee. I hope you have something. We'll be back in just a moment. Talk to you in a minute. Welcome back. We are here. So, this is the Crystal Silence League Hour, episode 110, and we're going to talk about a variety of topics tonight. We're going to actually dive into the seven keys of transformation, which is a uh, concept in new thought. And new thought is what um, we're kind of about here. Uh, uh, Our founder, Claude Alexander Conlon, was a proponent of new thought, and the uh, four branches of crystallomancy uh, was derived from new thought. And uh, his uh, ingenious advancement was to use the crystal ball to focus the ideas of new thought, the idea of going into the silence, a projection of uh, induction, of uh, reception, of healing, uh, using the crystal ball. Um, many people had uh, used these techniques before in new thought, but Mr. Collins said use the crystal balls of focusing device, and this adds uh, 100 times the power to these techniques. So Crystal Silence League, of course, is founded uh, around 1917 by Mr. Conlon for the purpose of distributing positive prayer and affirmation to those needing such, and we continue that tradition to this day in the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church, and you can find us www.crystalsilenceleague.org. And you can go there and post prayers, and we get anywhere from 100 to 200 prayers a week posted there now. And we continue to bring you the newsletter, um, which uh, I edit, and uh, much literature. We have uh, uh, books by Mr. Conlon, uh, Codes and Techniques of the Crystal Silence League and Crystal Gazing, and we also have Crystal Magic, written by yours truly. And I'm currently working on not one, not two, but three more books that I hope will be finished and available to you through uh, Missionary Independent Spiritual Church. Uh, and uh, one of these is on crystal uh, crystal gazing. One is on uh, lithomancy, which is uh, doing divining with the stones and crystals. And uh, the other one I'm not going to talk about right now because uh, it's a little bit of a secret. But we hope to bring that to you uh, soon. I'm on a writing frenzy right now, a writing spree. I'm working on three books at once, which is something I often do. So our crystal of the week is a selenite. Uh, selenite sometimes is uh, called moonstone, although there are many rocks called moonstone. And uh, uh, selenite is a rock that you um, you can charge it in moonlight, and it, uh, it's a white stone, it, uh, uh, which means that 
depending on who you ask, it can resonate to the uh, crown chakra or the spirit chakra, which is a chakra that floats over your head and connects you to the great spirit, uh, the mighty spirit of all. So um, this is a, a wonderful stone for doing magic. It helps trigger the intuition, the connection to higher powers, to interdimensional beings, to angels, and is used quite a lot in, um, in magic of all kinds. So uh, uh, selenite is a... Um, uh, a very soft stone because it's a it's a form of gypsum, and you don't put it in water. Otherwise, uh, you don't uh, clean it or cleanse it with water. Uh, otherwise, you wind up with uh, no, no stone. Um, so you have uh, a stone that is um, very useful if you're doing uh, any kind of etheric work, uh, out of body work, um, um, astral projection, etc. And uh, uh, meditation work, uh, third eye work, etc. So um, a lot of people have used it in past life work as well. So it's uh, helped to get you over humps in meditation and all kinds of spiritual work like this. So if you do make uh, an elixir of it, don't put the stone itself in the water. You use the indirect method. You put it in a glass or a bottle and submerge the glass or bottle in the water uh, overnight in the moonlight. Um, so you uh, you do this overnight and then take it out and then of course add a little few drops of brandy to the water so it doesn't grow algae and um, um, use it. Also, you know, selenite, from what I understand, is also used in sex magic. Um, some of the sex magic rituals to promote uh, increased libido um, and um, to help harness the uh, the sex magic energy, uh, transform it from the lustful energy into the pure type of energy we were talking about last week, which I find very interesting. But that's selenite, our stone of the week. We're kind of going back to the basics. I've been doing a lot of weird stones. We're kind of going back to the basic handful of stones that most people use. Uh, going back to the roots of things. If you go to the uh, Crystal Silence League prayer page, you'll notice we have uh, lots and lots of new prayers. Um, and today's the 1st of August, a new month. Uh, August is the the beginning of the dog days of summer. I don't know why they call it the dog days, um, but it is. And in, in the South, it's hot and humid, and uh, everybody's over summer. All winter long, people say, man, I can't wait for the cold to leave and summer to begin. And then about three weeks into summer, people are like, damn, it's hot. Gosh, it's hot. Now here we we usually uh, use southern humor. We're like, man, I wish it'd warm up a little bit. I'm about to freeze to death. It'll be 106 outside, and people are dropping dead from heat. And uh, we uh, we're out trying to we mow our lawn at six in the morning before the sun comes up, because if you try to go out and mow your lawn in the afternoon, you'll burst into flame. You'll spontaneously combust. It's just too darn hot. Uh, but we're in the dog days now, and it's really hot here. And uh, I come up into my studio and shut the door, and um, I live in this 125-year-old house, and for some reason or other, in the extra bedrooms, there's no ventilation. So I'm, I'm sitting here talking to you in an unventilated room with the door shut, which means if I melt into a glutinous puddle of, uh, of uh, you know, whatever human beings melt into uh, on the air, 
and there's a silence. Uh, that's that's exactly what's happened. I've returned to the silence uh, due to the heat. So we're going to read some prayers to you now from the Crystal Silence League prayer site. And prayer is always free at the Crystal Silence League. You can go to our gift shop and buy stuff, though. You can buy crystals and crystal balls and literature and all kinds of nifty stuff. Um, and I encourage you to do so. When you do, you get a year's membership in the Crystal Silence League with any purchase. Isn't that cool? And if you're a member, you get all kinds of nifty benefits. Uh, you know, you get to the secret uh, the secret clubhouse uh, that you only get to if you're a member, which is very nifty. So let's read some prayers. We never call out names, although I do see your names and your pictures, and that, what a handsome lot you are this week, too. Uh, very very pretty people. And uh, I'm going to call out prayer ID number, though, and if you want to pray with me, go right ahead. So here we go. Prayer ID number 63944, who's um, concerned about money, and he says, I need money to buy a car and invest for my family's future. I would like to have plenty for bills, rent, and enjoy things which we have not done in years, like take a vacation and going back to school. Please help. Amen. A prosperity prayer. Prayer ID 63943, who says, I've worked for 18 years in my profession and have aspired to this position all the time. It's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me to interview for this position. Please pray that G hires C for the agency job with her full confidence and see success. Amen. This week we seem to have prosperity and work as a uh, theme. Prayer ID 63942 who prays, Dear God, please help me heal from grief, loss, and pain of love gone wrong. Help me leave deep headaches in the past and be whole and happy again. In my fear of never finding true love, I have been needy and over-anxious, desperate, and too willing to settle. Please calm the need in me that leads to unwise choices. Fill the emptiness in my heart that crave unhealthy love. Restore my faith in love and relationship. Grant me the ability to love myself fully and to feel lovable and wanted from within. Amen. And we have prayer ID 63941. Who prays? Please let TCS decide to hang out with me this week, and still often thereafter, let nothing get in the way of this between us. Amen. Then we have prayer ID 63939. I've been upset about something for months and couldn't figure out how to get myself out of this funk. So I forked over some money and had a session with a counselor who's credentialed in the traditional way and who's also able to do energetic healings. It sort of worked. There's improvement. But I found myself getting angry about the issue again, and I'm tired of it. So I'm doing this again this Friday with somebody else. Please pray this energy healing session works. Thanks. Amen. You come to the right place. We're going to try to get pray you, pray you well. Pray ready 63938. K and D and their families are trying to curse my son. Please pray the curses will be halted, reversed, but protect my grandchildren. I had custody of them before because of their mothers were in fit, but gave them back once they got on their feet. But they try to hurt my son to get their kids back. Please pray for my son and four-year-old granddaughter and two-year-old grandson. I miss them dearly. Amen. Prayer ID 63934. Who wants... The desires of her heart granted. I'll be granted the desires of my heart. The man that I love will return to me, apologize, and make our relationship official once again. 
and even better than before, I'll establish my own successful business. I'll receive my French nationality with no delays or blockages sooner than I think. I'll pay off all my debts in the blink of an eye. Amen. And we have prayer ID 63927, who says, I pray for him to come home safe and sound, and F, to try and get rid of him. He is my baby. Amen. And here's one, prayer ID 63926, who says, Please make TCS cheat on AJ with me very soon and pray that he doesn't regret it. Amen. I don't know if you can pray for that. But maybe it's justified. Prayer ID 63924, asking God of the divine universe, team, spirit guides to intercede for healing, remove D, remove B, remove you, need total healing now. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your prayers and love and compassion. Amen. She posted that about six times. She wants lots of prayers. Prayer ID 63922. Please help me find my husband. I'm ready to find my husband. I'm tired of dating players who don't want to. Oh, I thought maybe he was missing. She's wanting her husband to come to her. Dating players who don't want to commit to me. I'm ready to settle down with a good, stable partner and start building a life together. Please send him to me as soon as possible. Amen. Prayer ID 63921. Please pray in unison that this evil interloper, TMM, is forever banished from my ex-wife, whose initial is P. He is nothing more than a horned dog evil demon. Now, I'm, these are capital letters. Who is a major threat to our 16-year relationship marriage. Block and remove all contact with her. Pray she follows God's word. Heal her of childhood abuse since age four. Physical, mental, and emotional by mother, sister, and C. Pray that Jezebel and evil spirits are removed from her. To love and be loved by me. Your prayers do work. Thank you and love. Amen. And we're going to end on that one. By golly, he knows how to pray. Let's, now, here's one more. Let's see. Uh, prayer ID 63919. Blessings. All Crystal Silence League dedicates will experience unconditional love for themselves, the earth, and from the whole world. We will have peace, good fortune, wealth, and health. Amen. May it be so. May it be true. May it be granted. And let's have a moment of silent prayer for all those in need of comfort and healing. May it be so.
Amen. Well, my goodness, we're going to talk tonight about um, some stuff. Uh, we were talking last week about uh, sex power and how sex power and sexual magnetism is key to really fueling the power of attraction. Um, and how many of the people who control and get what they want are using sex power. We talk about the law of attraction and what we really should understand is that the law of attraction um, works best for those who understand sexual magnetism. We talked about the magnetic hand, we talked about magnetic eye, we talked about magnetic voice, and how those who practice these techniques are going to be the most successful at attracting those things in their life that they want. And at the core of all of this, uh, we are remiss if we don't talk about sexual attraction. And I'm going to tell you that no book since the very early pioneers of um, New Thought discusses this in detail. You don't see it in The Secret. Uh, even the great Napoleon Hill only mentions it briefly. Very few people get into the nuts and bolts of it, but I assure you that the uh, the yogic texts talk about it a great deal. Many Buddhist texts talk about it a great deal, and the uh, pioneers of uh, New Thought, uh, William Walker Atkinson, Claude Conlon, uh, Charles Murphy, many of these people talked about it and the nuts and bolts of it quite a bit, that an understanding of sex, the physiology of it, the anatomy of it, the psychology of it, is fundamental to understanding the law of attraction. And, you know, either your emotions control you or you control your emotions. And if your emotions are controlling you, you're never going to get very far in life. And if you control your emotions, you'll go as far as you want. And this is very true. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you, if you sit in my chair and you talk to people all day like I do, you find that many people do not have control over their thoughts or their mind or their lives. And I, I say this a lot. I'll say, if, if, you're, if you can't control your thoughts, who can? Who is controlling them? If you're not controlling your emotions, who is? If you can't decide to trust who's going to decide for you. If you can't decide who you let in your life, who's going to decide that for you? If you can't say, I don't want you in my life, or I do want you in my life, who is making those decisions for you? If you don't have this kind of control over your life, who does? And this is a scary thing to me. Well, I, th there were times in my life when I didn't. Um, and then when I started to take control over these things and the way I feel. Now, you're not going to have 100% control over this. There's going to be times when um, thoughts enter your head, but then you're aware of it. And you say, okay, this thought is not going to control me. And you substitute it. There are going to be times when you're sad, 
times when you're angry. It's a foolish person that says, I never get angry. I, you're, you're a liar if you tell me that. I never get angry. I never get sad. You're, you know, if you tell me that, you're in denial or you're a sociopath or there's something. But, um, you know, or, or you're a, a totally enlightened being and I'd like to shake your hand. But what you do with that is, um, you know, what you do with it afterward, you know, you get angry. What do you do with that? You know, do you punch a hole in the wall or do you, do you reflect on it? You say, why am I angry and what do I do about it? So this is it, it, what what do you do with it? You know what do you do with it? And it's a foolish person that lets their uh, their sexual energy go unexamined or out of control. And you know what I mean? Uh, the womanizer, for instance, the womanizer. And the womanizer is not usually about sex; it's about the conquest. But but you get my point. So let's move on to the. Uh, the seven keys of transformation. Um, a very important um, um, concept in uh, in divinity. Um, it's uh, taught in uh, unity. It's taught in divine thought. Taught in um, divine science. And taught in many schools of new thought. And uh, the seven tools of transformation, or the seven keys of transformation, are the word and journaling, uh, setting goals. Uh, contemplation, visualization, meditation, and affirmative prayer, or sometimes uh, uh, affirmative uh, just affirmations. And uh, we'll, we'll examine these one at a time in the time that we have. And we have, I don't know what that beeping is. Uh, it seems to be something with blog talk, but we'll, uh, we'll try to uh, not let it get to us. So the word, uh, this is the spoken word, the thought, the thought word, uh, and the words of others. We know that words are very powerful. And uh, the more you advance along a spiritual path, the more careful you are about the spoken word. And the further you go along, the more careful you are about the words that you even think and the words that you allow into your world. Um, you're careful about what you say. And we know that the universe came into being through an act of creativity, whether this was an act of divine creativity or an act of scientific creativity. There was law. Law brought about creation. And it says, you know, in the scripture that God spoke the word and the word became reality. Uh, there was also... Um, a very, to me, moving uh, passage when the uh, uh, the centurion uh, said to Jesus, you have but to speak the word and I will be healed. And so in New Thought, quite often, uh, you'll read where uh, they're talking about mental healing, where they said, I spoke the word and created a healing. And what this means, uh, essentially, is that you substitute wrong words with healthy words. And uh, the idea behind this is that wrong thinking creates bad things in your life. And right thinking creates good things in your life. Mental states manifest in reality. So... 
if we create a uh, a series of good conversations in our head, uh, these good conversations will begin to manifest in reality. This is not a metaphor. So, um, by doing these th- these words uh, in our head, and I, and I mean very simple things, so happy, 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 warm, warm, safe, safe. You just repeat these, and this is a very simple exercise. What you'll find is that these start to manifest in your life. So these um, these words uh, they can they can be phrased as uh, affirmations, but it, it's self-talk. It's an internal dialogue, and these internal dialogues become reflected in your speech, how you talk to others, and how you talk to others in a very real sense is how you talk to yourself. When you're speaking to other people, you are speaking to yourself. And how you treat others is how you treat yourself in a very real sense. So um, there's, a, there's kind of a saying, your word is your wand. Uh, what, you know, what you say is what you manifest in reality. So we should only affirm those things that we want to happen. And this is what I, um, I, I, you know, I see a lot of, of terrible things that are put into writing on Facebook on Facebook, uh, where people say the world's coming to an end, it's the end of democracy, uh, the world's going to blow up, we're all going to die. You know, your word is your wand, and you're bringing this into uh, into reaction. Um, let's take a moment for station identification, and we'll come back with another uh, another uh, uh, tool of transformation. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Contraman Ollie, Sundays 3 to 4.30, Kendallo's Corner with Kendallo Kandisa, Michael Carell, and Lady A, Mondays 5 to 7, The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6, In the Streets with Beverly Smith, Tuesdays 6 to 7, On Sacred Ground with Kai Armand and Paige the Firyu, Wednesdays 3 to 4.30, Fit and Foxy with Madame Nadia and Jaya Danya, Wednesdays 6 to 7. The Now You Know Show with Professor Charles Porterfield, Thursdays 6 to 7.30. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix Le Fay, Fridays 6 to 7. And Liquid Libations with Andrea Weston, Saturdays 5 to 7. All Times Pacific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And we're back. So basically it's a domino effect. The way we think affects the way we speak, and the way we speak affects the way we live. And when you think about it, that's kind of scary. Because think about some of the really nasty um, people that you run into and some of the nasty things they say. So this leads us into the... uh, the second tool of transformation, which is journaling. And I'm going to tell you that uh, from what I can see, journaling is a dead art. When I was uh, young, a lot of people kept journals, diaries and things. Um, and I think what's happened is that Facebook has taken the place of journaling. Um, 
because people write the most personal things on Facebook and send it out there. But a journal, um, 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 the root word of journal is journey. And what you should put in your journal is stuff that you would not put on Facebook. Uh, your journal is your observations of your life. And I'm going to tell you that uh, if you're not observing your life, you're not living it. Uh, li living life is being interested in your life. So uh, in your journal, you should put things that you observe in your life. And this is stuff that you would not put on Facebook. These are observations about people around you, about yourself. Uh, you can put pictures. You can draw things. Um, and the reason you journal is so that you can go back and see how you've changed. It's transformation, remember? These are keys of transformation. And anyone on a spiritual quest, a spiritual journey, should be keeping a journal. You write your dreams, you write your goals, you write your aspirations, you write your observations about yourself and about others. Because how you see other people is a reflection of how you see yourself. And the journal should record your true self, not the, not the self you show others. And it's not just what happened to your day. You know, like, you know, like Dear Diary, today I had eggs for breakfast and I read the newspaper and oh my God, the neighbor's hot. And you know, that, that's, not a, that's not a journal. Uh, uh, you have to write down the, the innermost concept of yourself and who you want to be. There's usually a dichotomy between who we are and who we want to be. And there's an effort to become who we want to be. And in that gap between who we are and who we want to be, that's where transformation occurs. That's the crucible within which spirituality occurs. So that's why we're spiritual people. That's why we read spiritual books and listen to spiritual programs and do spiritual work because we're trying to become something better. And that journey of transformation is what we put in the journal. So we're tracking the development of our spiritual journey. And this is our utterly narcissistic, uh, self-centered view of ourselves, um, our insights, our little bits of inspiration, our wisdom um, that we put in there, things that inspire us, uh, uh, even, even dark moments. But these are not the things that we put on Facebook, even though people put the most uh, 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 intimate things on Facebook that, you know, just amazes me some of the stuff people put on Facebook. I just can't fathom it. Um, so um, that, that's what you do with journaling. It goes to journaling. Now, journaling is not the same as goal setting and planning. Um, um, we should always be working toward a goal. Now, I know there are these, um, and my generation is very bad for this. You know, I grew up in the 60s and 70s, and we grew up thinking the Cold War was there. Russia and the U.S. had enough um, nuclear weapons aimed at each other with a trembling finger poised on the launch button to destroy the world ten times over. Uh, Nixon and Khrushchev were just dying to launch them. Khrushchev said, I will destroy you. They were just anxious that the Cold War, we in high school, we knew, we just knew, we had the duck and cover stuff in elementary school, you know, duck under your desk and cover. And I was smart enough to know, they used to show us those uh, films about what would happen in a nuclear war. I was smart enough to know that that desk was not going to prevent me from being incinerated. Uh, so we just grew up, we just knew we were all going to die. We were all going to go, you know, plus we uh, in Knoxville lived 
20 miles from Oak Ridge National Laboratory, which is a major nuclear target. That's where the nation's stockpile of fissionable uranium is, is uh, processed. That's where the atomic bomb was created by Oppenheimer and Wilson, Oak Ridge, by the way. So you know that uh, lots of secrets are there. Boom, nuclear bomb. Basically what would happen, I'd look out my office window and see a yellow skyline and then, you know, so uh, we knew. We just knew we were going to die. And this does something to your attitude. It can either make you morbid or like we did. We just said, hey, we're going to live and let live. And every day is just a gift to us. So, you know, why set goals? So we had a whole bunch of hippies that grew up with no goals. We were just going to have fun. Every day was a party for us. So um, setting goals was kind of a, a thing I didn't start doing <laughs> until I was about 30. And I realized, you know, maybe the world ain't going to blow up. So, uh, but then once I got started, I became really good at goal setting. So set, if you're not setting goals and working toward goals, uh, you, you just kind of live aimlessly. And, you know, still there's still people my age, you know, I'm, I'm pushing 60 that lived in that time and they're still just kind of drifting around, you know, drinking beer and listening to rock and roll. And I guess maybe they're happy. I don't know. They just seem to be kind of, they got a look in their eye like confusion, uh, you know, like how how did I get to be, you know, 58, 59, and, you know, um, they haven't moved since high school. You know, you, stop, you talk to them, it's still, they still talk about stuff in high school. But when you set goals, you're, you're interested in your life. You're working towards something, and you're paying attention. And it raises your self-confidence, uh, and you're growing, and your brain stays soft and moist, and uh, uh, you stave off dementia, and uh, you're aiming at a target. And that's very important. Um, so you redefine your goals periodically. You may set a five-year goal, and in that time, you may change that goal. So uh, it it helps you. Uh, you set long-term goals, and then you set short-term goals that help you toward that long-term goal. And whether you make those goals or not, it's not as important as setting them and working toward them. And I, that, that's a funny thing to say, but... Um, it's it's a thing, but you know, you set lifetime goals. What am I going to achieve in my life? And then you set short-term goals. You know, what are you going to achieve within a year, and five years, and ten years? So, um, as long as you have things that you're working toward, uh, you know, you get up in the morning, and it gives you something to do. So, um, we also have contemplation, and. Um, Contemplation is not the same thing as meditation. Um, contemplation is is uh, dwelling uh, with great focus on an idea or a thought. Um, um, meditation is more like stilling stilling the mind. Uh, in contemplation, we're really focusing on something uh, for understanding. Uh, for instance, you may be reading some spiritual text and you come across an idea, uh, <clears throat> uh, you may come across some idea that really intrigues you and uh, and it just kind of stops you so you stop and contemplate it for a while to get to understand it. This happens to me quite a bit. Uh, I used to read uh, Judy Krishnamurti and sometimes I would just stop. I'd, I'd read something in a page and I would just it would stop me. My, my mind would stop and I would have to just put the book down and contemplate it for a while. And uh, 
I'll tell you one thing that I contemplated for about a week. There was a story in uh, that Buddha told his monks about a dog. It was a jackal, actually, but uh, they were hanging around doing Buddha stuff, and uh, a jackal came by, and the jackal had mange. And I'm going to tell you, this story changed my life. I had to, I had to think about it. I thought about it for about a week. I contemplated it for a week about what it meant. And uh, Buddha said, monks, watch this jackal. And the jackal had mange, a terrible case of mange. And it laid down in the mud. Then it laid down in the gravel. Then it laid on a rock. Then it laid in the grass. And it got up and laid in the dirt. And it got up and laid in the sand. And Buddha said, do you see what he's doing, monks? He's looking for a place where the itch is not. And that stopped me. And I put the I put the book down and I was just looking off into space, blinking, because my brain just stopped working at the implications of what he just said. He's looking for a place where the itch is not. And I I con- even just thinking about it now, I contemplate I still I'm still contemplating this twenty five years later looking for a place where the itch is not, because that is everything you need to know about the human condition. We're all looking for a place where the itch is not. And I said, that, that's everything. That is everything in a nutshell. We're, I think about it all the time. That is, the, in a nutshell, that is the dilemma, basic dilemma of all life. We're all looking for a place where the itch is not. That's why we go from relationship to relationship and job to job, and that's why we we're always watching television and eating food, different foods. We're looking for some satisfaction. We're, we, we itch. We itch, and we're looking for some place where the itch is not. That one sentence, he's looking for a place where the itch is not, stopped me. It just stopped my brain. Everything in my head just quit, just stood still for a minute. And I was on the verge of enlightenment. I knew that's exactly what that feeling was, and I contemplated that. And... Uh, so contemplation is really a thoughtful thoughtful study of something. And maybe there's some things that have done that to you where you just have to stop. You just have to stop whatever it is you're doing and think about it. And maybe it's a, maybe it's a painting. When I went to the uh, Chicago Art Institution, um, there's the uh, self-portrait of Van Gogh, uh, the, the, the famous one that he did, where he's just kind of glaring at you. He's just staring at you. And I've seen pictures of it, but I never saw the original. And I, I looked at that thing for at least 45 minutes. People come out, take a picture of it, and leave. And I stood there and stared Van Gogh eye to eye for about 45 minutes. I contemplated it. I, I wanted to. I stopped and contemplated that self-portrait of Van Gogh. There's everything you need to know about Van Gogh as a human being is in that self-portrait. If you step, stop and contemplate it. So I will tell you that these these contemplations will tell you who you are. The things that grab you like that and you contemplate, they'll tell you who you are. You will know more about yourself than anything. So you write about them in your journal too. But the things that grab your attention, uh, I had a, uh, someone tell me that if you look at someone's checkbook and their, uh, their uh, day planner, that'll tell you what's important to them. I'll tell you that what you contemplate will tell you what's important to you. So that's contemplation. That's what contemplation is. Now, visualization. Um, back in the 70s, they did a series of studies of athletes. They had two groups, and a lot of these were basketball players. And in group A, they had them train. 
you know, like throwing baskets, basketballs into baskets. And in group B, they hadn't visualized throwing balls and basketballs into baskets. And group B, that visualized it, performed better than group A, who physically practiced. So after this, visualization became the thing. Um, so what we know is that visualization is a way to train your mind to perform. And if you visualize an action before you practice it, you are 10 times more likely to be good at it. So the mind has to get, the mind has to be the forerunner of the action. So visualization basically is focused imagination. So you see the action before you perform it. And the thing is, ancient people knew this. It says in the Art of War that the the battle is won in your mind before the first blow is landed. So um, visualization is very important. If you visualize yourself as successful and attractive and um, uh, famous and wealthy, if you see it in your mind, you are much more likely to do it. If you see yourself in your mind as unattractive and poor and beat down, you are most likely going to be that. If you think of yourself as lucky and fortunate and that good things happen to you, much more likely to have it happen. If you visualize yourself as unlucky, that fate hates you, that God hates you, much more likely for that to happen. So visualization is something that should be practiced daily. Before you go to bed at night, visualize good things coming into your life. See it happening. Don't just say it. Affirmations, reciting affirmations is not going to do you much good. You've got to visualize these things coming into your life. And when you get up in the morning, visualize how great your day is going to go. You've got to visualize these things. You've got to visualize them. Make them happen. Um, so I want to tell you that the masters of, uh, of attraction, people who have attracted huge things in their life, spend half their, half their time visualizing and manifesting these things in their mind before they even left the house. Uh, you know this because they, they said it. They, they wrote about it. Now, meditation. Uh, meditation means that you... Uh, well, there's a lot of ways to meditate, but meditation is a, is a type of, uh, of focused attention um, um, where you withdraw attention from the externals uh, and you focus on a uh, a single point, and uh, we we talk about meditation a lot on this. But uh, the uh, the way Buddha taught us to focus on your breath, and uh, you can focus on a mantra, you can focus on a flame, you can focus on a spot on the wall, a mandala. Uh, so you practice with this meditation, you you still the mind. The mind is full of all kinds of random uh, thoughts and random impressions, but through the focusing of one-point attention, you still your mind. And by doing this, you increase your ability to focus. And um, you still the mind of random thoughts. You gain control of your mind. You gain control of your emotions. You gain control of your thoughts. And uh, so uh, I'm going to tell you, it's 
you, you can learn it by yourself, but it's much better to have a teacher. Your learning curve will um, increase tremendously. And I'm also going to tell you that the benefits of meditation have been documented by brain scans. Uh, you can look up the studies of this. Uh, you brain scan Buddhist monks. Just Google it and look at the studies where the brain chemistry of uh, monks who practiced meditation for many years actually changed to where the parts of the brain that control uh, focus, calmness, and happiness tremendously increased. Uh, and the uh, biological aging processes were slowed. Uh, so this isn't like some uh, uh, woo-woo or anything. Uh, for a long time, uh, some of the skeptics said, well, you know, you get the same effects listening to music, relaxation and stuff. It's not relaxation. You change the way the brain experiences reality through meditation. And that, that's, so it's worth doing. And the seventh one that we're going to look at for the tools of affirmation is affirmative prayer. And uh, affirmative prayer um, is, is a, um, uh, it was kind of a secret technique that, um, um, that was taught to uh, Catholic priests. And um, so there's a, um, um, a way of doing, uh, a way of doing this affirmative prayer um, was um, um, the uh, it was presumably a way that Jesus taught his um, apostles, and um, there was uh, 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 several steps involved in it. Um, so it's in a number of steps. There's five steps to it. The first is you recognize, first of all, that there is a, a universal spirit, a consciousness in the spirit, and that everything good flows from this uh, divine mind. And the only thing that keeps us from experiences good is that our perspective uh, keeps us from knowing that there is this divine mind. That's the first step in this affirmative prayer. The second step is that because we, we recognize this great spirit, this divine mind flows through everything, then it must flow through us, that we are part of this great creative spirit. And it's flowing through you and I right now. Then step three is the realization. That's when you realize that since God, great spirit, the creative force is flowing through everything and through me and you, all you got to do is realize that I am one with everything. I'm one with whatever good. I am already good. That good is already in me. The realization that whatever knowledge I need, I already have. Whatever good I need is already have. And whatever manifestation of good, it's already there just waiting for me to recognize it. Then the fourth step is gratitude. So this attitude of gratitude, as they like to say, I, I hate that phrase, but there it is. This, this uh, gratitude uh, is very important. Um, you're, you're grateful of the recognition that this great spirit is, is there waiting to give you all the good things you want. So you have faith that these good things are there waiting for you. All you got to do is ask, them, ask for them, and you're grateful for the things that are already going to happen. And then there's a surrender. Uh, you um, you surrender 
your will and your word into the, uh, you sublimate or surrender yourself into the great spirit. Uh, you know, basically your will, not mine, be done. And uh, you just ask for the good will to manifest through you. You become a, uh, a uh, your, your word is a manifestation of the great spirit. And, uh, and that you know that everything that you need, not necessarily everything you want, but everything that you need will manifest for you. And uh, because of this, your, your every word becomes manifestation of the great spirit. And this is what affirmative prayer is. And um, used with all of the other tools, um, it is believed that those of us that are finite human beings can actually communicate with the infinite spirit that done with the right attitude that this is a prayer that gets results and that this prayer is a catalyst for change in not only uh, yourself but all the parties around you that are affected and that this divine spirit will manifest your prayers and there are uh, affirmations of this manifestation um, that go back five to six thousand years. This is not necessarily just a Christian uh, belief, although uh, unity and uh, New Thought incorporates Christianity. This goes back to the earliest uh, written and pre-written uh, uh, spirituality of man. So these are the seven tools and keys of affirmation um, that uh, have worked their way through various New Thought schools. Now, as we do these, I'd like to encourage you to uh, work your way through some of these. Uh, when you get familiar with them, I would like you to consider them um, steps to take and work them with a crystal ball. And um, do them one at a time with the crystal ball. And this arising of spirituality within you uh, has been called many things. Some called it Buddha nature. Some called it Christ consciousness. Some called it the, the white light. Um, they have um, given it many names. Many names. Uh, but the whole thing about a spiritual practices, I believe it's a necessary thing, regardless of what it is, and that the most unhappy people I've ever known are people who do not have a spiritual practice. Those who say they're realists, yeah, they say, well, I'm a realist. I don't believe in that spiritual stuff. They seem to be bitter and unhappy. And so if you begin each morning with a purpose you find you embrace the day. And, and yes, there's going to be days that are harder than others. But if every day is a process of transformation, you find your thinking shifts through the day. You may wake up and you're having a bad day. I mean, it's just that. You say, man, I'm having a bad day. I don't know why I'm just having a bad day. But remember, transformation shifts your way of thinking, and you will become what you think. 
And if you want these positive things to happen in your life, you have positive thoughts about your life. Now, if you think about negative things all day, negative things become your reality. This is just, that's the law. What happens internally manifests externally. Um, so these majestic transformations can take place in your life like a butterfly in a cocoon only after the required inner work of letting go of the past is is done. If Unless you shut the door on the past, it can't happen. If, if you're constantly dwelling on the past, you, you'll never create a better future. So the greater the outer change you want to manifest, the greater the inner change must occur. So intention is important. Desire to change is important. All of these require a willingness to transform. And the greater the degree, the willingness to transform, the greater the transformation. So in your journal, you affirm what it is you want to change. What do you want to happen in your life? You affirm, I want to be healthier. I want to have a great relationship in my life. I want to have more prosperity. It can be as vague as you want at first. Over time, you'll make it more uh, more detailed. I want to have a great relationship in my life. What does that mean? Well, I want a relationship where we talk, we laugh, we like the same things, we go to movies together, we uh, we have open communication, and then you start to manifest these things. But the intention, it starts with the intention. Every great thing that ever happened started with a thought. And every, uh, every one of us have to come to that place for ourselves. No one else can do it for you. And you have to accept this hard fact, if you want a different life, you have to make different choices. And you've got to be willing to take yourself apart. You've got to dismantle yourself and let go of all the past hurts and pains and all the past disappointments and let go of all your uh, make-believe and let your masks fall apart and all the stuff that people told you is right and wrong and just stand there in your beautiful naked self and become the person that you're meant to be. Now, you can acknowledge those hurts and those things, but you can't live in them. You can't make a home of them. You've got to take responsibility for uh, your life, where you are now. This moment's all we have. Take an inventory of where you are now and where you want to be. And that gap, narrow that gap. And every day, make that gap narrower. And that power to transform your life and your relationships, your thoughts, you have that power. No one else. No one else can do that for you. Nobody else can do that for you. I can't do it for you. You know, your parents can't do it for you. Your lovers can't do it for you. Your friends can't do it for you. Um, and uh, so this requires awareness. And that may be the, the eighth key of transformation, awareness. Just be aware that there's a perfect you. There's a perfect you. And you can find it. And you can manifest it. The thing is, we grow up in life being told who we are. We're being conditioned to please this person, to uh, uh, fit this mold, to do this job, to marry that person. No one has ever told us who we really are, what our true potential is. But, you know, we are a child of this universe, and we have amazing abilities that we have never manifested. 
and we can accomplish anything we set out to do. We, we are meant to be happy. We're meant to be amazing. We're meant to be loved. We're meant to have hopes, and dreams, and passion. All we got to do is find it and have the courage to manifest it. Well, I think we have uh, In the Streets of Beverly Smith coming up later on. And, you know, Candelo's got a new musicals program, I think, comes on uh, later this night. Look these things up. We'll see you next week. We have much more of the same. I've really enjoyed tonight being with you. Um, I want to spend a little time with my family tonight. I'm going to get a cold drink because it is really hot in the studio, and I've worked up a sweat preaching to you. Uh, come back next week. And we shall indeed pick up where we left off. We'll talk more about transformation, more about being who you meant to be, how to be happy, how to be healthy, how to be successful. Love you guys. Let's go out with some music.